Hi, this is Joel from That Won't Preach. Normally I'd be talking with a scholar about a confusing or uncomfortable Bible passage to see how it can help Christians grow our faith. But as we wrap up 2023, I wanted to do something a little different. I want to put a spotlight on a ministry that I see God working through in miraculous ways. Sisters to Sisters International is an outreach ministry that helps bring wholeness to people from all walks of life. More specifically, they have a variety of programs in Kenya. They help women in need to regain confidence and help them and their families flourish. They also have a feeding program for children and most recently opened up a children's home and school in Gong, Kenya. The founder of Sisters to Sisters, Miss Purity Ruchugo, is originally from Kenya and has devoted her life to pouring back into her home country and shining God's light wherever she finds herself. At the end of 2021, I got the chance to spend a day with Miss Purity at her storefront in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She shared with me about her journey to the U.S., how her ministry became what it is today, and how she has stayed devoted to that mission all this time. And now, two years later, I finally get to share this story with you. My father died when I was four years old. My father was a freedom fighter for Kenya when Kenya was colonized by the British. In 1952, he was arrested for fighting for freedom and he was taken into detention without trial for seven years. They went through a lot of mistreatments and many of his friends, people he knew who had been arrested with him died. Of course, the colonizers wanted to eliminate anyone who had any kind of influence to the communities so that then they could come and take everything. He saw many of his friends executed. And so in 1959, remember he's taken in in 1952. Now it's 1959 and the day comes for him now to be the one executed. And he was brought out of the holding cells. His head was covered and he was told to kneel down so that now the guns would be drawn and he would be shot. And the man who was supposed to give the orders to shoot asked him, do you have any final words that you would like to say before you die? And he said, I would like to pray. And he prayed out loud. He knew that that was his moment he would die, but he wanted to make sure that he had spoken. And he prayed that his wife and seven children would one day live in a free Kenya. That Kenya would gain its independence and have its own rule. That his children would be taught the word of God. Those people who were lined up to shoot him had every word. And just when he was waiting for the word, shoot, the man who was supposed to give those words walked over to my father and said to him, not today. You will not die today. Raised him up. And my father lived. And a few months later, he was released. I had not been born 
But if that man had said shoot, or if my dad had not prayed, I wouldn't be here. And so I feel that my being here, my being alive, has a purpose that was meant to be, and I cannot waste time. I cannot waste time. Okay, just relax, sit back. Okay. Oh, how should I sit? It's so hard when you're looking. This is something I talk like a song, yeah. but now it's like, okay. Yeah, so ask me a question, maybe. Yeah. Tell me who, who you are. Okay. Okay. I'm Joel. Okay, um, and now you ask me the same. Yeah, and, and yeah. who are mm -hmm. you? My name is Purity Rochugo, the president and founder of Sister to Sister International Outreach Ministry, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps empower and enrich lives of women and children in Kenya. You think about America, or you, we studied all these countries of the world, but it's not in your mind that one day you could end up there. You look at the rural area where you come from, and it's like, wait a minute, if anything was coming to America, it would be other people, not for you. It was never. I first arrived in Charleston, South Carolina, and all of a sudden, I'm in a place where I, had, I felt so lost. It wasn't anything I had thought of how America would be like. Now with the internet, many people uh, know about America because they watch videos of Americans and all that. When I was growing up, the only America I can remember seeing was the Jackson Five. You know about them. Michael Jackson and, you know. I felt it was like a newborn. We have a saying in uh, Kikuyu tribe in Kenya that a guard that is well, you know, a guard, you understand a guard, that is well-rounded sits on its center. I, f I had to find my center in America. And I thank God that I did find my center. That is so important because when you find your center, that is really the seat of your soul. When I first came in 1986, I remember seeing the story of a boy by a mission organization that was claiming to be feeding children. The picture of that child had the belly uncovered with the nose running and flies all around him and, you know, just a little like a piece of loincloth. And eight years later, the same image came on of the same child, same age, same everything. The man who was asking for money on that, you know, commercial, did not say anything about what had now happened to this child. And so I called that number. 
and I said, I'm watching, and I had seen this image eight years ago. Has anybody followed up with this child? Because I don't understand how he can be the same way he was then. And they hung up. I wanted to bring the truth about the lives of these children. Because if you really help a child, there has to be some transformation happening in the life of that child. You have to be willing to go and go often to see to it that these children are getting the help. I cannot just come and tell you a story and then you don't see the results. This is something that is really very important to me. And by doing it, I want to do it well because no man can ask me what did I do with my life? But God knows. And when he asks me, I'll be able to tell him everything you showed me and you called me to do. So I want to do it that way. One of my sisters, real sisters, had lost two of her sons within a span of three years. And then a friend who lived in Charlotte, had lost her husband. And there I found myself with these two women that I need to comfort. One is in Kenya and one is here. I've, the one in Charlotte was like a sister to me. And now my real sister is also going through. So when I was praying as to how to reach out to these two women, all I could hear him telling me was to call women together to pray. So Sister to Sister was founded on prayer and women would come together and pray. Over in Kenya, we had groups of women spread out in different parts of the country. And now my sister, who had lost two sons, became the one who would go and meet with these women. I was so worried that she would just sit at home and think about the loss that she had experienced and then we would lose her too. And I would think about this woman in Charlotte who had come to America with all the hope of raising her children here with her husband, and now the husband was no longer there. Where does she start? Either continue to encourage her so that these children can still continue to grow, you know, even though the father is not there, God is there. He says he is the father to the fatherless and husband to the husbandless. So on my, on my, uh, to my sister, I would say, God is taking care of you. That is the time he had given you these kids, kids to raise for him. Now he has taken them. And this woman, the same. The time for your husband to go had come. And it came and now he's gone. But God has not changed. And through that, the women, these women became ones to encourage others. So my sister would go and they would be singing and praising God. And right there, I knew her healing had come. We all go through suffering and struggle in different places at different times. But the struggle is the same. And I would say to her, because now God is putting something else to fill that void. She knew that, my sister knew she would never have 
a son knock on her door, Mommy, I've come home. And then she would go and hear others who had lost more. Some had lost the husband and also the children. Some women had lost an entire family in a fire. Sometimes they were in a vehicle and they all died and she survived. And she started to realize that life continues to go on, no matter how big the loss. And the healing started to come. The same thing with this other woman in Charlotte. Then here in the U.S., women started to hear about sister to sister. I would go to different places and especially women who knew me from the church, others who had known me because I've lived in this community in over 30 years. And someone would just call me. For some reason, women have always been free, feared free to talk to me and they will open up. And then I realized that I've really been having running sister to sister for years. I had, I, all I did was launch it, making it official and getting all the you know, 501c3 starters and all that in 2010. A calling that is so real and is hands-on and changes life sometimes instantly because they come in needs of different things. The key and the secret is figuring out what the need is because someone could be needing just prayer that moves them from down here to up here and everything changes. Others need a little time. Others just want you to hold their hand and say, I am here. That was the birth of sister to sister, bringing hope. While I was visiting, Miss Purity showed me around her store in downtown Winston-Salem, Umojan African Crafts. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been here. <laughs> its shelves were filled with art, jewelry, clothing, and more, all made by hand by Kenyan women. For the women struggling to make ends meet in the Kenyan marketplaces, sisters to sisters will often buy the craft supplies they need and once they've made enough stock, the nonprofit will buy it at full price, allowing the women to continue to grow their businesses. All of the crafts are then shipped back here to the States, to this little store. All of the profits go right back into the ministry's various programs. It's just another way Sisters to Sisters hope to support these women. And by buying from them, paying them before we bring anything, yeah, that keeps them going, you know, being able to support their families and then also being uh, able to buy more materials to make more. For these women, what we did was to give them startup capital. They always had the talent in them. We did not create the talent for them or teach them. But it's a matter of really meeting the need or kind of after you have talked with someone, especially when they are very low in life, you ask them what it is that they can do because you want to get them from that point of depression or to forget what they have been through in the past and give them hope for the future. When you ask someone, what is it that you can do? It's like a light goes on from the inside and then they start to tell you what they used to do. And when they tell you what they used to do, then you ask them like, do you think that you could do that again? So somebody says, if I had beads, I would make a neck, bring beautiful, beautiful necklaces. So you go on and you get them some beads 
Before you know it, they surprise you. They always surprise me by the things they make. It's not so much about teaching them something new, but it's meeting them where they are. When you meet someone where they are, you can really understand and they can now bring out that gift that is God-given. Something we always love to do is like uh, bringing the passion back. They are more valuable, they are more important and that God loves them. And with that, they continue to you know, raise up strong families, you know. The different programs with the women all come about according again to what the need is. I remember one case of a woman right in the beginning of the ministry. This woman had a disabled child, a girl. The girl was six years old. When we visited her home, we could see outside because of the holes on the wall and the husband had left when this child was born. So they were living in a way that even animals could easily come into the house. And I sat there and I said, what do we do? Working with the local people, we, I sent money and they built her a small house. We don't look at people collectively. Oh, those mothers of special needs children. Each case is different. We don't see anywhere where Jesus say to so many people, you all go on your head except for the lepers. You know, each case was individual. And we must look at these cases as individual. Sister to sister is not a miracle working ministry, but each day lives are touched and impacted for Christ because of what we do. God doesn't ask us to move the mountain. He asks us to pray to him so he can move the mountain. And that's what we do with women. Sometimes women just need time to pray together. During those prayers, those gatherings, that's where healing starts. In this country, I don't see too much of that. Back in Africa, you can find women walking, whether to, the, to get water or to, this, to the market or what, and they are talking. Here, people have secluded themselves in their homes. You can live in a community and never know who your next door neighbor is. But we want to just put all these things that can keep us from really doing God's work as he would have us to. Because of this, because of that, because they said, because they didn't do. No, it's not about that. It's about looking at that woman where she is. What we do affects those around us. I grew up with my mother, raised, having raised you know, all the other older children, and now I'm the second last, and I'm seeing her reaching out to the communities, helping those around us. You know, people would come to her and tell her their needs. And then she would pray 
as to how to help. People who came to our farm, we were, we were growing coffee. They would come to work, but at the end of the day, she would pay them and still give them food to take home. And I would always ask her, you have just paid them, so why are you giving them food to take home? And she would always tell me, it is the end of the day. They cannot go to the market to find food. Just to watch how she was taking care of the community around her. When I started to really now understand the story of Elijah's widow, if I had people preaching about it, I would say, did they know my mother? <laughs> because she was this widow who cared about the community and fed people. And she would always tell us, food is just food. Give them, let them eat. Because once you feed somebody, they have the strength to go the next mile. They can go that other distance, but you must feed them. In America, there is uh, there's an answer to basically every question. If it is food, when there is a crisis, churches come together, food banks are there where people can just go and get food. That is not the case in, uh, in third world countries. So if you were to go to Kenya, you see, yes, there are beautiful cities just like we have here. But at the same time, there are so many people that have not been reached yet. And those are the ones that we look out for. We have many children who became orphans because of AIDS. And then now with COVID, things have gotten even worse. Many children lost both parents at once. We were so concerned about the AIDS crisis. And then when COVID came, it has doubled the need. If a child uh, has lost both parents and then the child is placed with maybe an uncle's family or an aunt's family, and that uncle or aunt also has her own family to feed, then that means that that child will probably be getting fed last while others have been fed. I was there while the children were being fed. There was a little girl. When that child ate, she nearly, she nearly collapsed. And so I stretched my hands and she came to me and I held her until the body had now absorbed some food. And I asked the teachers, why did that happen? And they said she may have not eaten anything through since the meal on Friday. So this is a problem that is really happening to so many children uh, in that area and many parts of the country. Can you imagine a child coming to school to learn with nothing for lunch? And so lunchtime they would go under the shade of the tree and they would just sleep waiting for the bell to ring and then get up slowly and hungry, go back to class, fall asleep. We cannot have that. Just couldn't have it happening. So now for 150 children, there is hope. With the feeding program, we work with the teachers because the teachers are with the children all day and they know which children come in hungry, who are not able to even focus in the classroom. And so we ask the teachers to select those children who are going through a very hard time 
and they also know the communities where they work. For about six years, we were feeding 81 children, and then we realized the need was so dire that we added more children to bring the number to 100. And just the beginning of this year, we have added more children to bring the number to 150. Children whose hair had actually turned completely yellow because of malnutrition has turned black. There's not a feeling like then like when that child comes and hugs you and says, thank you for feeding me. And I always tell them with tears, I tell them, it's not me. Jesus provided so you can eat. Doing mission work is wonderful. You go in thinking you're helping, but your soul is fed in the process. Gives life meaning. With the Children's Feeding Program that is in Muthidi, we have also built a children's home and a school in Gong, Kenya. We're going to be taking in children who are orphans, are some children who are completely abandoned, who do not have anyone, and we want to give them hope. So uh, we are working with the local community there and also with uh, the chief. So that way we have an open, uh, an open door whereby they know that if a child is found in distress or alone or thrown away, that they can come to us and the child will have a place to be. And our goal is to make sure that the, the feeding program continues even as the children's home opens. So where the children's home is, we are now taking in, starting to take the list of children who will be leaving and staying there. There's a schedule of things to be taught. But first of all, before you can teach anyone, whether it is uh, uh, things like mathematics or whatever, they have to feel loved. We also want to teach them the about that God loves them. So we want to share the word of God with them, but we have to prepare them by by fast, taking them in as they are. In other words, it's like saying, come as you are. And then from there, step by step by step. We cannot rush them to one area because we have to understand what has this child been through. Some of them need psychological help. So we can be able to take them. We will have transportation that once we figure out what the need is for the child, we can arrange like with counselors and therapists and uh, we, are, we are raising money, we will also be able to pay for those services or ask any doctors that can be willing to volunteer their time so that this child can become whole human beings as they grow. The child has to have a place to feel that they belong there. <laughs> We need to furnish. We do not have a place for them to sleep. So we need like for small, small babies, we need cribs. And then we need other beds as they get older. And depending on the situation, we will take them in, but we need to have the furniture that they will be uh, sleeping on, sitting on. When I get to a point where I feel like, this is a little bit overwhelming, I always say, how would my mother have handled this? When we were now building the children's home and the men who came to work there every day, they have had devotion in the morning, 
then they are working every now and every every other day like in the week we would just say four o'clock tea is on mama so I, I just wanted to hear them and we would just have tea together but on the last day I wanted to give them a challenge and so I gave them each a packet of two kilograms of flour because I had been paying their salary, them their salary every Saturday they were so happy oh my goodness we have this and I said to them this flour is not for you every day you come to work you pass somebody sitting somewhere because they have nowhere to go nothing to do and they don't even know where the next meal will be coming from so you go give that person that packet of flour where they will cook it it's not your problem just give it to them they sat there and froze don't think of a ministry that you can do and make people rich start with that, that packet of flour if you give it away you have already done ministry if we christians did our work like we need to do it wouldn't be hard to convince people to become christian it would be really easy because they would be seeing by our deeds they will know that we are christians by our love churches are good and they are built and they are beautiful the four walls but they have their time to be in the four walls there's a time to be in the four walls and time to just be outside because there are those outside the four walls who will never come in and we must reach them where they are to then draw them in if we don't do that there will always be them and us but where christ is concerned we are all one we must go out we must take on the great commission and be about our father's business As we wrapped up our time together, I was left amazed at all that God had done through the ministry and in Miss Purity's life. But it was clear I had only caught a glimpse. I wanted to know how she sees God working firsthand. I see children who at points nobody knew them. A child is picked up at a on a dumpster and is brought in to the children's home and is bathed clothed fed and taught loved more than anything loved and now this little baby is growing and waddling around the place and just starting to realize his worth that he is somebody and Jesus has provided for him a bed i see many lives 
of children that will be taken care of. I see many women, especially teen mothers, who get pregnant while in high school and then they're thrown away by the families. To be able to tell that young lady, we will take care of your child so you can go to school and you will be reunited with your baby because that high school diploma could be the only thing that she can have that can help her go to the next level. It's not the time to say you cannot, you cannot continue with school. We'll take the baby, go finish your education. And we have other rooms in the children's home where if she was to go home and she's told you cannot, you know, we don't want you here, she can come and stay there. It's a place that is offering a, a place of peace, quietness, where you can do self-care while you're trying to figure out what just happened. There's a chapel in the children's home and school where one can come in and shut the door and just talk to God, cry out to Him. A place of healing. It is so important because when one feels like everything is falling apart, it takes that moment when somebody says to you, it's going to be all right. And they don't just say, they do something to make it be all right. It changes everything. That is what Sister to Sister is about. If this is something that you want to be a part of, there are plenty of ways that you can get involved. Usually people donate financially. They can come and shop here because the funds will go to supporting the programs in Kenya. They can get on the website sistersinternationalwomen.org and they can donate. A few dollars can go a long way there. So I always tell people, if you're going to give, don't give what you don't want, just to feel like you have given. Give something, give purposely. That is the true giving. It's about self-denial. Saying, I want this, and I think I need it, but I think it will do more for somebody else. Others are willing to go with me and just see for themselves. And nobody comes back the same. Because you know, my eyes can only see so much of the need. But with other eyes, they are able to see other areas. You see? We also have events like the Taste of Kenya, where I do a lot of the cooking of the Kenyan food, and people come. So that money from the tickets goes to ones helping more of what we are doing. For the last six years, all the money that we've been raising has been mostly going to the construction. Now we have completed the construction. We have even a well for water. So we have a permanent source of water 
So now the funds will be going straight to the need. The key is willingness. Are you willing to go and do? And God is tapping on all of us. Who shall I send? And all it will take is for one to say, send me. When you say, send me, he may not send you physically, but he will start to provide or show you areas in your life that, can also, can, that you can give from that then opens a door and you become a part. The question is, once we have listened and we have heard, what do we do with that? We cannot unhear it. We've already heard. So now where do we go? What do we do with that? Gracious and most heavenly Father, our God, our Father in heaven, you have created us and charged us to do what is right. You have given us the tools and you sent us yourself in Jesus Christ. You came to us and lived like us. And we need you to guide us as we try to be more and more like you every day. You, Heavenly Father, sometimes we don't know how. But then, when we read your word and we see how your Son, Jesus Christ, lived here, we have a very good example if we can just follow. We are doing what we can or what we know how to reach your people and to draw more and more people to you because you said that you would draw all men unto you for yourself but we need to do our part so that more and more can hear about you. So that as we lift you up, sharing you with other people, you can truly draw more and more to yourself. Help us to not think that we can do this on our own because we have no strength of our own and we have no, we have no way to be able to do this without you. Lord, there are people who will get to watch this video who have never heard of Sister to Sister International Outreach Ministry. When they hear what this ministry is doing, may they hear also your voice as you guide them and lead them as to how they can be a part of it. That it is a ministry that is real, that they can even travel and go see for themselves what it is that we do. We pray that God, those, can, those who can give financial support, you will bless them with enough for themselves and enough to share. We pray that God, those who can give by praying for this ministry, that they will pray and then you will guide them as to how they can be hands-on. Lord, you know all the needs of the children's home. 
Sometimes when I look at the budget, I wonder how would that be. But then you remind me that even the children's home, that site was once a piece of land with nothing on it. And now two beautiful buildings stand up, complete. So Lord, help us not to lose focus, but to stay knowing that just as you've done before, you have provided and you will continue to provide. Bless everyone who gets to watch this video, that as they will have the number and the website, that they will reach out to sister to sister as to see how it is that they can help. Lord, those that you bring into sister to sister, may they be blessed also to hear what you are doing in this ministry. Lord, it is my prayer that you open people up to want to really reach out, not just to send a check, not just to use a credit card, but to want to understand what is going on in the world because we are surrounded by needs. And Lord, we pray that you will touch each one to do something, however you direct them. Lord, we also now pray for all those that have been reached out to through this ministry and those that we continue to reach out to, especially the children that we feed, 150 of them, you know them by name. We also pray for the women who benefit from this shop right here, which would not have been here had it not been for them. Their struggles, you turned them around and you brought them joy. So Lord, we pray that you will always be glorified by everything that we do in the Sister to Sister International Outreach Ministry. Our hope is to see growth as we reach out to many and the many that you plan to bring in, whether in need or for support. It's your work and so we pray that your will be done. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. you can tell this is a project I really believe in, and I hope you do too. If you want to know more about the ministry or donate to their efforts, click the first link in the show notes or go to sistersinternationalwomen.org. In the spirit of the holiday season, I encourage you to donate to Sisters to Sisters along with me. For every dollar you donate to them, I intend to match it to up to a thousand dollars. Again, you can contribute on their website at sistersinternationalwomen.com. Just send me a message on my website or social media about your donation, and hopefully we can help make a difference together. Thank you so much, Miss Purity, for an unforgettable conversation. And thank you for listening.